All right, welcome to, uh, I think this is like the 116th episode of Inappropriate Earl. And we've had all kinds of people on this show. Comics, actors, I think a porn star was the very first episode. And uh, it turns out I wasn't recording it, so uh, it never aired. Uh, musicians from uh, my favorite era, the 80s. The singer from Rat, the bass player from Pat Benatar. We've had actors like David Arquette, uh, Jack O'Halloran from Superman 2, uh, video vixens Bobby Brown and uh, Tawny Katane. I've had ex-girlfriends on, uh, you name it, I've had it. Today, uh, we have a, a vixen of the comedy store, if you will. Uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about the comedy store on this podcast because it's, it, it's near and dear to me because it's... Uh, it's just the greatest club on earth. And we've always had comics and talent coordinators, ex-talent coordinators from the comedy store. And now it's breaking ground here in, in appropriate oral history. We have our first waitress <laughs> slash actress model, uh, the most beloved waitress up there. And that's saying a lot. Give it up and don't be tweeting her rude messages after this airs or Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram. Just be respectful for the one, the only Sophie Cooper. Thank you, Earl. <laughs> it's a hell of an intro I just gave you. <laughs> that was a hell of an intro. Well, because, you know, my fans, they know the comedy store from the comics uh, side, but I've never had someone who works there. Right. You know, who isn't a comic. Right. Some of the waitresses are comics. True. Not many. Most of them aren't. I think Davina. Davina and Punky. And Punky. And that's it. Otherwise, uh, you girls are all actresses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, or uh, I know. In, or other. <laughs> uh, Cake. Uh, Leah is a. Uh, Lee, not Leah. Lee. Lee. Like, Who's Leah? Uh, Lee is a, the uh, a chef. waitress of them all. Yes. And, uh, and and there's a couple guy waitress or waiters, I guess you'd say. You can still call them waitresses. Uh, like well, the waitress. But so I think the fans really want to know what it's like from a female perspective <laughs> at the comedy store because it is a guy. Yeah, it's friendly. a boys club. It is a boys club, mm-hmm. and has a female and a uh, lovely looking female. Thank you. Well, I mean, Stevie Wonder could see your beauty. Uh, <laughs> is it, uh, I mean, you know, everyone, you know, uh, you are, I think, a lot of comics, uh, a private and some not so private crush. Jeez. It's true, though. Okay. I mean, how, what is it like to be uh, a, is it fun for a non-comic to be around some of the most successful comics working? Yeah. So much fun. Because I would imagine you don't get jealous of them because you don't want to be a comic. So like, no. last night you were working Louis C.K.'s two yes. sold out shows. It was awesome. And what is it like working a show like that? Because obviously you're working. You can't really listen to them. Yeah. I miss all the good punchlines for sure. <laughs> and uh, but. I mean, is it what's it like to be in a sold out room, but you kind of have to work like you can't enjoy it, I would imagine. It's am- I mean, it's amazing. I, we do get to enjoy it, though, I think. I mean, there's some nights that are more overwhelming than others, and you don't even realize there's a show going on because you're in your own world. But 
then there's nights like Louie where, yeah, it's crazy, but just the energy is so, I mean, his, his fans are like, (laughs) oh my gosh, they love him. And it's so cool being in a room full of people who are so excited to be seeing a, a show like that. And it makes my job easier as well, because then they're not, they're not complaining about the two drink minimum. They're more than happy to drink. They're more than happy to support the club. They're more than happy to support Louie and they're nice to us. So it's great. Well, Louie needs the support. Uh, right now. <laughs> Here he does. That's crazy. Like, uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, he financed his own, uh, series and, uh, got him into debt. Mm. And if you think Louis C.K.'s in debt, can you imagine what an open micers uh, checkbook looks like? Yeah, but they don't have the money to put down to get into that much debt in the first place. Well, Louis doesn't either now. But uh, Not now. That's, that's crazy that you would. Uh, by the way, we have Roadhouse playing yeah, in the background. It's very distracting. <laughs> uh, I, it's a sad day. Uh, this it will air a, a few days. Uh, this will air Monday. Today is Thursday. Yeah. But uh, Prince mm. uh, died today. And uh, not Prince Fielder for you baseball fans. Uh, Prince, the singer, uh, who I loved as a kid. I mean, I think everybody did. But I mean, late, his last couple of years, I like I liked him in the eighties. Of course, I would like him when he, in the eighties. But uh, you like anything in the eighties? Well, I just think that uh, you know he was, uh, you know, he sang about dirty, like you know, sexual songs. You know, he didn't really do that the last probably right. decade. Right. You know, like he wasn't doing Erotic City or, you no. know. Um, he's, he's older, I guess. Yeah. I but feel I like, mean, like, I don't know. I mean, I think he loved women so much he purposely died so he could have sex with Vanity again. Because she died about a month ago. Really? So, I didn't yeah, know that. That makes me sad. The, oh. Because she was beautiful. I yeah, mean, she was. But then she found God and, you know, fell out of the loop. Maybe I did. Yeah, I mean that's. I'm the, not so in. I'm not so in on all this stuff as you are, Earl. Well, you know, I you really shouldn't be in on stuff like you know knowing when Vanity died. I mean, <laughs> but it, you're right. Having a Roadhouse on is distracting. But I will soldier on with you because I want. Let's get into what brought you. Let, let's get into your background because you. Okay. You're kind of a vagabond of sorts. Oh, God. A nomad. That's a good, that's a good word. It's yeah. a better word. Well, I'm trying to impress you with my uh, vocabulary. vocabulary. Usually we're just talking about rat and... Uh, Which I know nothing about. And nor should you. Uh, but you want to see Earl cry. Wait till someone from the original... Uh, well, someone already has died from rat, but uh, I'll be really sad. But what brought you to the comedy store? Um, honestly, I was just in need of a job. Um, I had just moved back to Los Angeles. Uh, from where? From New York. Via London. Via London, right. So I, yes, yeah, so I, I, I'm I, from Los Angeles originally. And then I moved to London when I was 18 um, to go to drama school and just live out there. My family's English. You know, my mom lives there. Um, and then went to New York to finish school at the Stella Adler Studio of Acting. And that's a serious school. Yeah. I mean, that's not like. I'm biased, but it's definitely one of the best. Well, it is. Yeah. Like there's that, Strasbourg. Yeah. Or if you go to London, I mean, like there's a London School of Dramatic Art or uh, the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art. Those are some pretty big ones as well. I mean, and then there's Juilliard. There's there's a lot of big ones. I mean, you're a serious actress, I guess, is what I'm like. You know, when some some of my friends who say they're actresses, you know. Yeah. They're like. It's actually why I left L.A. (laughs) Because people, that's how serious you are. It's like. Yeah. 
I didn't want to be around. I don't know. Like you want to do plays and stuff. You want to do like, yeah, I wanted to get a proper training before I tackled this. Like you didn't want to be on like roadhouse too. No, (laughs) though. That might be fun. It's not really what I'm aiming for. Well, maybe you can get in on the remake with Ronda Rousey. They're going to need some acting in that. uh... Yeah, they might. They might need a little help. And so you look, you, you need, you know, LA is a very expensive place to live. It is. And I needed a job. Um, so I, yeah, I just went up and down Sunset Boulevard, Hollywood Boulevard around North Hollywood, just kind of areas I knew were busy with my resume. And I think I kind of got, I got, actually, I got really lucky with the comedy store. I, I walked in to the back kitchen and I met with Eric, not knowing that he was a manager. And I, and I just asked him, first of all, if I could speak to a manager and he said, he said, yeah, absolutely. What do you need? Um, and then I gave him my resume and said I was looking for a job. And, uh, he basically gave me an interview on the spot. Cause I mean, I have a pretty from just from New York, um, and London from being in bigger cities. Like I have a pretty decent resume, which is good. I didn't intend on having that, but I do. Uh, and, um, but the problem was I went in with my roommate at the time and she kind of wanted to get in on my, like, Cause I, I just gotten here and I was like, I need to go find a job, go find a job, find a job. She's like, Oh, well maybe I need a new job and maybe I'll come with you. And I, I didn't really think it would hurt me in any way, but later I later found out Eric, Eric told me when I talked to him, he said, we've just round, we just hired a round of girls. So there's no, there's no, um, there's no positions available at the moment, but I'll hold on to your resume. And in my mind that was okay. I'm probably not going to hear back from this guy. Um, and I moved on. But six months later, he ended up sending me an email and asking me if I still was looking for a job. And at that time, I had, I've had an entire job up in North Hollywood. I was working at a jazz club, which was kind of similar in the way of like a showroom, showroom seating and serving during a performance, which was great. And I'm so glad I had that. Um, but yeah, he, he, needed, he needed new girls. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I, I needed a new job. I was thinking about moving out of North Hollywood. The job that I was at wasn't really good enough because it was so small. Um, and I needed to make more money <laughs> to, to fund my acting career. So it worked out fine. And I, and I talked to him when I talked to him about it, even later, like after being at the comedy store for about a year, he said, you know, um, he said, it actually really hurt you that you came in, uh, with your, with your roommate. He said, if you had come in, I, he said, I wanted to hire you on the spot, but when you come in with someone, it kind of puts you and puts you under pressure to hire both people because they oh. came as a duo because we came as a duo. Cause she also dropped off her resume and, and spoke to him and, and she never got hired. No, no, no. She had no, ex- no experience. And, and at the time she's not now, but she wanted to be a comic at the time. And I think that probably hurt oh, her. Red well. flag. Yeah. We're I'm, not using any names here. But. Well, no, no, we don't need, we don't. <laughs> do I know her? Yeah. Oh, you Oh, well, the, the infamous roommate. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is the first name start with an L? Yeah. yeah All right. Yeah, that's cool. Absolute well, sweetheart. But. Oh, yeah. But I mean, the comedy store is not, you have to be. Yeah, no, she would have died. She would have uh, been uh, eaten up alive. Absolutely. But the comedy store is not a very easy place to, uh, you know, you have to be mentally strong because there's a lot of, a lot of a lot going on. There's a lot, a lot of a lot. You there know, is a lot of a lot. Oh, my God. I always try and explain it to people like whatever you're into is at the comedy store. Yeah. Good or bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, that's so true. 
and it's the greatest place on earth. I, you know, it's the best. I love it. I don't think, I think I've made, I was, I've been thinking about it recently a lot and I feel, I really feel like, ugh, so cliche, but everything happens for a reason. Like the comedy store came at the perfect time in my life and it's my, it's the best job I've ever had. I mean, I mean, the, you know, there, you can always find jobs where you make more money, but like for the amount, for the amount of money we make, it's great. But for what I'm getting alongside that, the friendship, it's like, it's a family and the fun of it. I mean, I could never serve tables anywhere else. If I was to find another job at this point, I'm not going to be a server because I'm ruined. I'm absolutely ruined by the comedy store. But I could imagine serving anywhere else would be easy. Uh, because the comedy stores, uh, people were only allowed in the kitchen just to see. Oh, the, I know the chaos, the craziness, the and now you've got the back bar and the the outdoor area where people hang out and <laughs> yeah. you know uh, enjoy themselves. And uh, and business has never <laughs> been better. I like that's so many ways. No, it hasn't. From what I've heard, I mean, in the two years that I've been there, it's certainly. I mean, you hit it at the right time. Oh business God, wise. yeah, I did. If you would have come, uh, let me see, uh, two thousand, you know, ten ish to to really when you came, it was the, you know, it just wasn't a happy place for a lot of people, myself no, included. I've but, heard. You know, it was, uh, thank God for Eric, who yeah. Eric and Adam absolutely have changed the culture. Yeah, and uh, like Louis C.K. never would have done a show there. And Emily. Oh, Emily is Emily uh, is just. Emily, it's her birthday she's today. Rocking it, yeah, it is. Happy birthday, Emily. I know she's listening. Um, yeah, so yeah, it, she's good because she's supportive. Well, those three are just—it was the dark ages. Uh, it's like a dream team. Yeah, I mean, it uh, absolutely is. And then Jen, who's just been there so long and is kind of Jen's the best. Oh, she's the best, and she's got—I mean, she for the the servers for the waitresses. I mean, she's like our guardian angel. Yeah, she's like the mama hen. Yeah. And Lee, to a certain extent, yeah. is, uh, you know, the veteran. And, yeah. Uh, and it's just a resurgence there, you know, with Roast Battle. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is, I think, everyone's favorite night. Just because <laughs> yeah, people Tuesday hang night. out. I mean, if Tuesdays you're... our Saturday. If you're in L.A. on a Tuesday night, I know it's a school night for a lot of you, but... Uh, God, well, how old are your fans? Probably pretty young, huh? Uh, just, well, I mean, most of my fans uh, have to... <laughs> I feel like there's a gap in ages. I feel like you got the youngins and then you've got like the 80s crew. I've got like the perfect <laughs> fan base. Young ones, <laughs> young kids are attracted to my uh, goofiness and older Jeez. people are attracted to my knowledge of their favorite musical <laughs> era. You know, I can have a conversation about Rat or I can have a conversation about, uh, you know, Justin Bieber, you know. I don't Can think you? I'm, yeah, uh, I'm. A, I'm not necessarily a fan, but I'm not a hater. Right. You know, and I don't uh, think I could hold a co conversation about Justin Bieber. I don't know enough about him. Well, I'm not saying I could write his Wikipedia page, but I mean, <laughs> he's. Uh, you know, he's doing his thing, doing okay. I mean, when you rent out Staples Center for a date, you're doing all right in life. Jesus, did he do that? Yeah, rented out the really? whole place just so him and his girlfriend could watch a movie on the big screen. That's, I mean, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. I mean, my idea, if I ever took you on a date, if I was ever lucky enough, I'd be like, oh, I'll take you to this vegan place on La Cienega. <laughs> Real Food Daily? Yeah. Hell yeah. They are not an advertiser of inappropriate at all. 
We're going to have to get them on board. Well, I, I have advertisers now. You can make money at this. Really? Yeah. Who are your advertisers, Earl? Well, uh, as you can see, I am holding uh, my microphone with a pair of mic knuckles uh, made by the great Stephen Piercy, the singer from Rat. Damn. He has a uh, company called Mike Knuckles. That's you know, amazing. For you comics or actors or singers who uh, hold a microphone, they're, you know, they you make need you... to get one on this mic. Uh, well, I didn't know uh, you would want one, but I speak and you uh, shall get. And then uh, now this probably won't be of interest to you, but uh, ProStockHockey.com. I know you're not a hockey. Uh, no, I'm not. Um, they I are, appreciate it. They are great uh, supporters of the show. Great, and probably because you talk about them so much. And I have uh, Stevie Rochelle, the singer from the 80s band Tough, provides the music to Inappropriate Earl for every episode. Nice. So, uh, thank you. a good little commercial break. Well, oh, yeah, it's like a 30-second commercial break. But So you come to the comedy store. But your main gig is acting, right? Absolutely. And you, what I was impressed with about a year ago, I think when I first met you, and uh, a lot of people don't know this about me and Sophie, but I first met her, I believe, at the Comedy Store Christmas party. Yeah, I think we talked a couple times before that, but not like not actually had a proper conversation. And uh, I probably owe you an apology because at the at the Comedy Store Christmas party, I thought, oh, I'll just show this girl my dick pic, and uh, you know, just it's a conversation starter. Yep. And uh, I showed it to her. Yeah, and uh, she got a laugh. I mean, definitely. Yeah, I got a kick out of it. And then she's like, "I'm married," and I'm like, "A couple, oh, a couple drinks by then." Well, yeah, you. I mean, you weren't like you know like plastered or anything, but like you had. I'm looking for the extra pair of mic knuckles. Someone might have stolen them, but it's okay. And then when you told me you were married, I was like, "Oh, sorry, my bad." And then we've become lifelong buddies. Yeah. So, uh, but you had started, uh, a ki- was, was it a Kickstarter mm-hmm. Yep. for your own play? Yep. Not, not a play that I'd written, but a play that I Venus is fur. Venus in fur. Oh, see, I, you By know, David Ives. I tried. And, uh, here we go. Ooh, I get the mic knuckles. We're going to take a picture. Uh, special. Yeah. Yeah. You, you just it, snap on. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. You just, uh, put them on. Cool. Easy to use. And uh, I think Stephen Piercy will like this because this... Uh, Hi, Stephen Piercy. Well, Stephen's, uh, you know, probably uh, touring the world right now, but... Have I done anything weird to the microphone? Is it still working? No, no. Uh, speak into it. Hello. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're in okay, it. So uh, tell us the process things. for... Uh, because you're still... I'm still in it. Yeah. Because you have to uh, find a theater. You have to buy the yeah, rights. There's, so, there's a lot more to it than I really, I mean, I knew there was a lot to it, but I just, there's a lot of moving pieces that need to fit together and it's hard to get those pieces to fit together. I'm too, I'm too aware that you're taking a photo of me. Mike Knuckles. Beautiful. Perfect. Um, yeah. So the problem that I had was I, I managed to raise the funds. Um, I managed to find a theater. I managed to find a director. Um, I had a lot of the pieces together. Um, but when I applied for the rights to put it on, I was declined. Um, there's a lot of things like they can't have more than one production in a certain in a certain area, et cetera, et cetera. And I think after like doing some, they don't tell you why they deny you either. So I had looked into it a little bit as much as I could. And I found that there was a theater company up in Santa Barbara 
that was doing it. Um, so I don't know if it was them, but that's the most I could find. But I just I just found out some information about it recently that I can't believe I didn't know, which is that if you don't charge for tickets, you don't have to, you don't have to buy the rights because you're not profiting from the performance. And I'm not, I'm not doing this play for profit. I'm doing it because it's a part that I've wanted to play since, since back in school when I was at Stella Adler in New York, I read the play um, as a student. And then I went to see it on Broadway and it, I, I fell in love. I fell in love with the part Vonda. It's amazing. It's Why so do you fun. like it? It's, it's just, she's got, this character has so many levels to her and the entire, the entire play, it's 90 minutes. No, there's no break. Um, and it's just two actors on stage. It's a man and a woman. And the entire play is, it's a power play. And it's just really, really cool. Now, how, I don't want to give anything away because I'm hoping everybody listening will come see it when I do, in fact, finally well, perform it. I don't know if you want 80s metal fans coming to see. Uh, hey, why not? Well, yeah. Uh, but you need another, you need an actor. What I do. was, what do you look for? Maybe you might find one through this show. Like you need a serious actor. Yeah. I need, I need, um, yeah, just a strong male lead basically. like someone like a tom hardy I no, mean, no, I know. no 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 not not like that not strong, like strong uh actor um but they don't have to be physically strong they can even be a little scrawny i i, tom, I uh, just someone who can play multiple things like leonard I, someone who's not gonna fit in a like you know how so many actors have i'm like losing my words here but you know how so many actors have like they fit in their their box they're they're very uh typecast all the time i need someone who's not typecast i need someone who can play a range of characters um who might not look the part but can play the part of a womanizer a little vulnerable um like a leonardo range of accents sure i I think that's aiming too high him but but like yeah yeah like he's different in almost every movie maybe a little quirkier but yeah absolutely and how do you go? Did you have someone lined up? One of my friends, uh, I do have, I do have someone who's interested though. I do still want to hold auditions cause I want to, I need, yeah, I want to see my options. I, you can get a lot of ideas from auditions as well. Like see what different people bring to the part. Um, so maybe someone who's not necessarily, you know, who you wouldn't necessarily cast in the part might snag it cause they just such a good actor. Yeah. You know, so I do, I do want to hold auditions though, if that fails and no one, come, you know, I don't find anything through auditions. I do have an actor, uh, kind of a backup though. Not, that sounds bad. No, yeah, I have an understudy someone, of sorts. Not even an understudy. I have someone who I know can do it, who I can, if I need to call upon, I will call upon. <laughs> but yeah, yes. And then what, so what's what's the next step? Like, cause you, so, well, it's kind of changed. Like I've only found out this information this week, the whole thing about the rights I've been sitting on the rights because you also can't reapply. Um, you have to wait, I think it's eight months, uh, before you can reapply for the rights again. So maybe it was six. I can't, I can't remember, but, um, I, everything kind of fell, not felt, uh, everything kind of fell out because then I lost the theater because I, the dates that were available, obviously I couldn't use. So then I have to re go through that process. Um, and I may in fact use a different theater now. So there's just a lot of things I have to line up again. Um, but now that I know that I don't have to pay for the rights, 
So what do you do with the money that, cause you, you, uh, was well, it Kickstarter? Mm-hmm. So the money, the money it was, it's for the rights and for the cost of the theater. But if I can use a lot of the theaters in, um, on Santa Monica, like I was aiming to go kind of down theater row on Santa Monica. Cause that's more, you get more people to come if it's in a right. central location. I mean, there's cheaper theaters up in North Hollywood or, you know, a little further out, but then the chances of people using that as an excuse. And I'm talking like, not just your friends and family, but like, Industry. Doing something like this, you invite agents, you invite casting directors, you invite people that you've cultivated relationships with who want to see you work. And that a play, I think in my mind, I might be completely off base here, but as an actor, uh, I think a play is the best way to show that. I mean, yeah, you can show, do a show reel. You can, you know, have a film, but it's not the same. It's so cut up. It's, it's, you know, action. They could have filmed it 20 times before they got the right take. Like, being able to do a play from start to finish the whole arc of a character, you know, is it's a stage is the actor's medium for sure. So I'm excited well, to do that. Because you're yeah. always taking pictures and, uh, yeah, I mean, that doesn't, uh, has that helped you, uh, get like industry buzz, like with agents and stuff? Um, a little bit. Uh, I mean, everything I've, yeah, I kind of, you know, I update people who I'm, you know, like my agent, I have a commercial agent, like I update them with the photos that I have. Every time I take photos, I can always update them um, and some other contacts that I have. But I mean, and then of course you put it on social media. That's always, which sounds ridiculous, but the amount of times that I've been asked my social media handles in auditions oh, yeah. by agents and stuff like that matters now, which kills my soul a little bit, but you kind of have to play the game. You kind of have to, you know, you have to post them on Instagram and I don't think Facebook so much is as much of a tool now, but Instagram and Twitter, I mean, are, yeah. I know people crazy. who've it's gotten crazy. deals yeah, through because Instagram. they had a hundred thousand followers. It's insane. You know, look at the fat Jew, that guy. Uh, oh I mean, yeah, he got yeah. exposed for like being a joke thief, but like he got a deal with CAA. Yeah, because he had like a, it's crazy. You know, it's a different era. But there's so many mediums now for actors, performers, artists. I mean, models, photographers. There's so many mediums now to put your work out there, which is great. But then there's that kind of dark side of social media that it's like this very um, self-involved kind of. Well, thing and like what what is a like really you know what does a like give you <laughs> well, that, does it does it how does it increase the, the uh the quality of your life in any way well like what i get confused about like on facebook and it's more facebook than twitter uh like when someone posts they lost their dog mm. you, you know or they they lost a, a death in the family and you like it like do you like it or i mean is it like it's like a weird it's a weird, like, show of support. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I guess. But I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't want, I mean, you know, it's just weird to me that you would like someone right. posting about losing a dog. I, I have a hard time liking those or even dealing with something. Okay, personally, like something so major in your life, I, I'm not so sure about posting it on social media. That's kind of a, you call your mom, you call your dad, you call your sister your brother your best friend you don't need to tell your 2000 friends on facebook that you barely know i don't know but that's just me i like i don't i don't really look down on people who do it but i would feel weird doing it but i think it's different for a girl like you like if you post like 
you know, you had a recently a beach uh, photo shoot yeah. and video and like, I mean, the pictures were pretty nice and like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I mean, but like if say a male comic likes it or, yeah. I mean, it, it's like, is it, do you consider that not creepy, but like depends on the person, I guess. Yeah. It depends on the person and it depends on for sure. Like I don't really look into likes that much comments. Maybe <laughs> some people post some funny comments sometimes, but I find that I don't Jeff know. Richards. I'm guessing. Uh, no, actually no, he's, he's not, not on my Facebook anyway. <laughs> he's been pretty good with me. Um, are we, can we name names? God, I don't want to. Oh yeah. This is, we got to get the numbers. No, up. no, 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 no. No, I don't want you to name names. No, I don't. No, I actually, I don't, I don't, I haven't found recently anybody posting anything inappropriate on my inappropriate Earl. Inappropriate Earl. Maybe you actually. If no, I think I'm very, Earl, you're pretty good. I don't like many of your photos because I, I don't want to seem like, like I'm a creeper. See, but that we look too much into it. That's the thing. We look way too much into liking like, oh my God, this person's liking all my photos. Fo- I mean, I just, I don't really, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Like you do notice like a lot of my friends, some of my closest friends, like, like everything I post that they're just my good friends. I don't know. They're just there. They see them, whatever. Sometimes you don't see stuff. Sometimes you, you see it. I, I don't know. I think it's easy to look into a little too much. I think social media is kind of affecting our lives in a way it shouldn't. Oh, it's the worst. But I do like, we do need to kind of harness it for the, for the good things like career. Like for me, the stuff that I post, I kind of Facebook's a weird one. Cause it's a mixture of like personal you and personal and business. career, but like, and you do need to, I think you also need a little bit of your person. You need a, some more personal stuff, even on your Instagram and stuff like that, because people want to see who you are, but I don't know. I guess it's weird. It's fuzzy. It's also fuzzy. It's a new, uh, the digital age is upon us. Yeah. And, it's crazy. You know, it's, uh, the su- more successful comics are the ones uh, and actresses and actors are more in tuned with the modernization of, uh, the business. Yeah. You know? I feel bad for people who I feel like kids now who are being who are growing up and going through like school and puberty while there's social media I'm like god I can't even imagine I mean the online bullying uh you know and sexting and it's crazy vine videos and and like like I didn't have that when I was you know a little baby Mm -mm. boy you know there's no porn uh like you can look at porn on your cell phone right now in high def. Yeah, it's crazy. So uh, I think in a lot of ways I had it easier when I was a little baby boy. Yeah, you probably had. Yeah, yeah. We we have. I think I've think better childhoods. Not so. I actually know what it's like to go outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You could literally not go outside all day yeah. and you know be socially active on your computer ipad yeah you know. and almost feel accomplished throughout the day as well even though you've done nothing do you know what i mean oh yeah i mean in netflix i mean netflix now oh, is, gosh, is yeah. uh i mean that's great well who needs to go to a movie theater when you've got uh hulu netflix true but god but just the feeling of going to a movie theater is so much better i oh, still yeah. think that's the best i love going to the theater Theater or movie theater? Movie theater. I mean, I love going to the theater theater, but I love going to the cinema as well. I mean, I, I did see uh, Star Wars in the theater, the yeah. newest one. Me too. Was, I just uh, think that's one you have to see in the theater. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't. I mean, I didn't really like it, but, you know, 
You're a diehard like. I'm a man. diehard first three. Yeah. Which were the middle three, but right. George Lucas was on some really good drugs back then. <laughs> I mean, think about what he did. He's like, I'm gonna show you the middle three first, so you have no loyalty to any of these characters. Right. Then he goes back and shows you the first three in the middle. It's like, but you know what happens. So it's like, you're not really into it. But, you know, he just sold it for a couple billion dollars. So I don't think he cares what I think. You know, but now you and I have had some uh, wacky times the last few years in, in our personal lives. Uh, like I said, mentioned before, you were married. Are married. Or like I am what? How hard is it to navigate a, a, a relationship in this business, uh, you know, when uh, things, you know, it's an insane amount of time you have to devote to a relationship to make it successful, yeah. but also an insane amount of time to, um, you know, work on your craft. I mean, yeah, it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's a hard balance. I don't think that ever goes away though, but, um, yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> cause you were married young. Yeah. I got married really young and, I uh, was 21, it was like days before my 22nd birthday, but I think it's a great, wait, uh, what's, what's the date today? Shit. Today is, um, let me, it, I think it's, uh, Tuesday 22nd. was, uh, 420 cause Save I made, 20, I made some Hitler jokes on uh roast battle, which oh, was yeah, 420. I remember, that. I remember that. Uh, so today's the 21st. Yeah. It's my anniversary in a couple of days. Uh, your wedding my wedding anniversary. Yeah. And, and my birthday next week. When is your birthday? April 29th. The Royal wedding. Oh, well, oh okay. Oh my God. Wow. That's so, uh, so many things. There's so many things, but you uh, and your, um, uh, what is the right uh, terminology? Uh, I mean, separated. He's my husband. Yeah. I mean, we don't live together anymore. Um, but you're still on good terms, which I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're best. He's my best friend. Like he's my absolute best friend in the world. Um, yeah, I just didn't. I think. I mean, we've been talking about it recently, like because we're still kind of tr trying to figure out what to do and um, how to go about the separation side of things um <laughs> i'm not trying to bum you out but i just no 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 it doesn't it doesn't it's just it's yeah it's it's so it is a weird topic like it's a weird thing to talk about but it's um but people want to like yeah like especially but a lot everyone of knows i'm going through it like it's not like it's a secret but a lot of people who know you are like uh i want to expose them to the human side of sophie oh like, thank you you know thanks uh, earl every well but everyone sees you you're miss bubbly and then <laughs> you're always nice to everyone and you know it's i think it's nice to hear uh you know, it's like when I talk about my uh, missteps, uh, which are many, people are like, oh, wow, Earl's human. Yeah. We <laughs> so, all make mistakes. That's what yeah. life is. Well, yeah. Uh, it, but uh, your uh, uh, situation, like he, he's not a uh, actor. He's like. Uh, nope. He is a bartender. Right. But he's like very much career. Like that is his career. He's not just like a, you know, working on the side. To make, right. Like Tom know. Cruise and cocktail. <laughs> No, he is. Yeah, he is. A, he's when I met him, he is, was a flair bartender. So that is like Tom Cruise and cocktail where they're throwing bottles and tins around and making cocktails, juggling literally everything. Um, mixologist. Uh, he, so he's up like a. Uh, he's really good. At, he used to compete. He's really good at what he does. He's a pro bartender. Because I don't think people realize there are pro bartenders. Oh, it's, it's insane. Just, he's I, been bartending. I mean, because he's from London. Um, 
he's been bartending since he was like 16 or 17, I think is when he first started bartending. Cause you can, you can start really young there because his brother was a bartender. And I think he kind of thought, Oh, this is cool. I'm going to start doing that. And then his brother actually didn't go into bartending. And then he like completely excelled in it and found out about flair and started doing that and just taught himself how to do all these crazy tricks and was really into it and absolutely loves it. And now, I mean, he is really, you know, his resume is insane. So obviously he has a killer job. He's, Bar manager of Hyde Sunset Kitchen go, and Cocktail. Go say hi to him, guys. Go say hi. His Can I say his Alex. first name? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Go say, uh, if you are if you want to go to a hot spot, I don't go to nightclubs anymore. Uh, it's just not my scene. Uh, I feel like I'm going to have to warn him now. <laughs> well, uh, if Alex is listening, and maybe he, maybe he will if you post this. I don't this. know. I don't know. And uh, you see Alex, a, a who I've met, I think, twice. Very Always cool to me. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, if you see a guy charging you in a Dokken or a uh, Bon Jovi t-shirt, it's probably a fan. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I will and apologize. You, sh- you can become a fan of his. Trust me. There are alcoholics, Alex. You want them at Hyde. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, you do. You'd have to be an alcoholic to be a fan of mine. But uh, <laughs> So, I mean, is it tough to <clears throat> navigate the... Uh, you know, like me personally, all, all I'm around is comics and, and waitresses. So that's all I, I'm not around anyone else to, you know, they always say uh, and gym junkies. I feel like maybe, well, the gyms I go to, there's no one I want to date because they all have weenies. Uh, oh, I see. Oh, navigate the, I mean, just the dating world dating of, world. you know, people who are in our, uh, stratosphere. I mean, all year around is comics and actors and, and, uh, yeah. In some ways, I think we're the best choice to date each other because we get the struggles. Or the worst. Oh, right. It's one or the other or the worst because it's... Yeah, it's it's weird. I don't... I, God, I have no idea. I, I actually have no idea. Um, I'm kind of just thinking now to... I just want to focus on... Like, I'm like, this is this is me time now. This is career right. focusing time. Um, yeah. It's tough. It Yeah, it it, it is tough. Um, I like generally from, I mean the pat like always I've thought it was a, as a general rule, like you probably shouldn't date another actor because there's always that competition element as well. Well, like one starts doing a little better than the other. Yeah. And then you kind of, yeah, uh, people get jealous. And when you're around somebody so much, there's always going to be like that weird element of competition, which I think is bizarre. Um, but it happens for sure. Especially if you're in the same industry. I do think like we, yeah, I like me and Alex, I don't think it was necessarily our careers. Like, I think that was probably a good combination of careers. I think. I don't know. Um, I would think because you, you know, you work at night. Yeah, because we, we would both generally have the same hours. I mean, when I if I'm filming or have auditions or stuff, something like that, then, you know, my my days become filled as well. But which is why I like to work nights. Um, but yeah, we we both were working nights because obviously my survival job is the same, almost the same as his career which is crazy. But, um, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> it was, yeah, it was more that we, we both for, uh, f- we were both so young. We didn't really know what we wanted. And both of us are in that pivotal time in our careers where we need to focus on ourselves. And that's really hard in a relationship is like be having to be selfish when you have, when you're with another person. And when you're in your twenties, it's like, I mean, I was a student when I, was first with him so yeah being it's you know you have you you have to be so unless you're that person who wants to 
literally some people are just like, I just want to get married, have kids and have a family. And that's it. Great. Perfect. Neither of us or anybody that we know, none of us have that mentality. I mean, we're all very career focused, doing what we love doing. You know, we're all artists. So you we're in that period of time where we have to be selfish and that's hard. It's hard navigating a relationship. I think when you're that. Yeah. It's, uh, and the pressure of an actor, actress, yeah, immense. I mean, oh yeah, you know, even at the comedy store, I would, I would. Is it? uh, I mean, it's you're dealing, especially there, with every A level uh, comic in town. I mean, I can imagine it's like, you know, there's always that Hollywood fantasy of getting discovered at the, you know, fountain at some diner, like. yeah. I don't know if it was Rita Hayworth or someone like that. I mean, do you always, is there that pressure of going, I've got to look my best tonight? You never know. Louis C.K.'s manager might look at me mm-hmm. and not necessarily, you know. Honestly, I, like I get that. I get that people are like that, but I don't feel that personally. I've kind of gotten over a lot of this stuff. Uh, I feel like recently... I don't know. I've been going through a lot of changes recently, Earl. Uh, no, well, I, let's tell tell us about. No, them. I think I, I like I'm, I've recently I've started getting over all of that crap. Like, no one looks perfect all the time. No one can like we're freaking human beings. Like, yeah, when I go to the grocery store, I'm probably still wearing my pajamas. Like, I don't. If someone sees me and they see me, it, like, casting directors and stuff like that, if they're good at what they do, they see past everything they don't, you can see what I look like. If I have makeup on or I don't have makeup on, I don't look that much different, you know? Right. And most people, unless you're really caking it on, most people don't look that you different. You don't. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. I, I think some people go a little above and beyond trying to look good all the time. And that's miserable. Like, I think that's the most exhausting thing. Cause you put all of your energy on this, you know, we're trying, everyone's trying to attain this Im- impossible standard of whatever it is that they think, you know, beauty or, and they're always trying to impress people and people that they don't even know or don't may not even exist. Like there's just this constant, it's, it's, it's weird. And I think it makes, it really drags you down over time. And I was feeling that a lot recently where I've like recently, I feel like I'm getting over that. Cause in the past that was dragging me down a lot where I'd always be like, Oh my God, I don't have time. Like I got to do my makeup. I got to put my hair up. I got to or curl my hair, or, uh, find an outfit. Like you're just constantly, trying to build this, I don't know. LA beauty. This, well, yeah, Lord, like you build this person that doesn't really exist. Like people, I remember people used to look at me and they'd think like people wouldn't approach me because they would think I was unapproachable. And then they'd meet me and they'd be like, oh my God, you're actually really nice. Like I didn't think you were to be nice. And I always thought, I'm obviously not representing myself correctly because, you know, people had this like, and it's, it's, it was, it's that it's like trying to look perfect all the time. Now I'm just like, whatever. But I mean, we're in a biz. Well, I think it's different for a guy. It is different. It is. But, but at the end of the day, I don't want it to be because I curled my hair or not that I, you know what I mean? That's do you understand what I'm trying to say? I feel I do. like maybe I'm blabbering and not making a good point, but, but I feel like I'm making a good point. But you're the perfect podcast guest. You <laughs> blabber. I don't want to talk. It's all about you. But no, I mean, it's, uh, I think, uh, you Just know, be you guys. You be so, so honestly, everyone, 
like with oh, sorry, but, so there's nudity, nudity going dancers on, going uh, on on Roadhouse right now. I'm like, what's, but, what's going on? That's but the that's perfect it. scene. She's got fake boobs. This is the thing. Everyone now in Hollywood has fake boobs. Look at Kylie Jenner, fake lips. Yeah, um, she's not an actress. Yeah, I know. But these are this is what all the girls in L.A. and I, I mean, I'm talking about girls specifically because obviously it's what I know. Um, it's what people are trying to attain. They see these pretty girls on and this is why social media kind of sucks i see all these pretty girls on instagram and facebook um or whatever and they want to look more like them and it makes them not happy with the way they look and here's the thing everyone starts looking the same everyone they start uh trying to trying to be this personality that they don't even know because they're looking through photos so then i feel like people lose their own personalities people lose their um and that's why these girls come off so I don't want to judge them, but it's just, it's, it's, it's what it's, it's just, they come off uninteresting and they come off not very smart, not very clever because I think they're so busy trying to, trying to be somebody for something else or trying to, or trying to have this ideas that they think other people want them to have, or they want to look the way that they think other people want them to look that they don't know who they are. They don't know what their own opinions are anymore. And that's why they seem like, and yeah, it, it's fucking suck. It sucks. So I'm at this like auntie. I'm like, no, whatever. I just want to, I don't know. I just want to be me because nobody else is me. You know, nobody else is you. Everyone's their own individual That's person. True. And if you're trying so hard to be somebody else all the time, well then the person who you are, you know, can't, you can't, <sighs> what am I trying to say? Do you know what you're, I mean? You're trying to say like, I've paused. It's just, my TV screen right now on the great. It's grade. so distracting. No, because it, it falls in line with what we're talking about here. Yeah. There's a picture of Sam Elliott, uh, <laughs> who has aged very well. That's why he got the part in Roadhouse. He's a good looking older he's got guy. Great eyebrows. Kind of weathered. Uh, you know, but it, he's like a weathered, good looking guy. But for right. women. Uh, behind him. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not talking about the whores behind him, but like <laughs> the, the women, uh, there's not a lot of roles for. Well, this got come out the wrong way for women who look like Sam Elliott. Like, right? You know, that's true. Uh, you know, I, I find most of the roles in Hollywood for women are you mm -hmm. know people who look like you and, and you know right. younger, and pretty. I just, I just got lucky. I didn't choose. This is no accomplishment. Well, it's you your know? mom and dad's. Uh, they yeah. they should be given. Uh, but it's like it's like you can't. It's hard. Sometimes it's hard to take compliments in that way too sometimes i'm like oh you're so pretty or whatever it's like thank you yeah thank you but then i'm in my mind i'm like oh, okay well, that's the worst thing you can tell a girl like you I, it, because it's like like i appreciate it very much like it's you know it comes not, off too corny how, how many times a night at the comedy store where I mean, a, a lot you know hey baby you look great and it's comedy. but everyone gets it it's not and I, I, don't. I don't even take it as a thing that people actually think like i think oh, so many girls are pretty and so many girls get it but it's just such a basic thing to say to someone it's such a kind of okay and now this, do you know what i mean right because i want guys who listen to this and i i would say that probably uh i mean i do have female listeners but this is this one's for I the guys mostly, yeah. let's turn this into like an almost a dating advice uh, segment of the show okay sure so you see a pretty girl like sophie at a bar the worst thing you can do is go up to him and go hey baby you look I mean, well, if anyone, first of all, if anyone came up to me and said, Hey, well, maybe baby, not, hey, baby, but I would like, just turn around and walk away. I'm sorry. That's why you got to show her a dick pic. It's, I've never even date, like, even people I date don't call me baby. I like that. No. There's but I song, mean, don't call me baby. That's, 
Yeah. It's what? Just. Well, I be, because I imagine you've heard every line in the book. Baby. And so, like, a, a creative way to come up to you is going to do many more things for that potential suitor than the standard, oh, you have great eyes, you have great body, you, you're beautiful. You already know you're beautiful. So shouldn't a guy approach you? I'm not trying to get guys to approach you. But well, it's like, the only, here's, okay, so to play the other side of it and give these, let these guys off a little bit, if you are approaching somebody, you know nothing about them. So what else can you, what else can you state but the obvious? Do you know what I mean? So I, in that sense, like I, I get it, but yeah, it's, no, it's, it's boring. But what is like a good approach for a guy, you know, because the dating world, I mean, is uh, especially in the club, comedy club, uh, bar scene is uh, you, you got one chance to make a, a good impression and you got 30 seconds. I generally don't. I. But you're approached a lot, I guess, is what I I'm am trying approached, to say. But like, I generally don't like if a stranger approaches me, I generally don't really go with it. Like I'm kind of. I'm kind of a, like, I like to get to know people first before I ever even think about dating them or, you know, I don't know. Well, especially at the comedy store, because that's a, a very... Mean, anywhere. But I mean, at the store specifically, it's a very alpha male, you know, yeah. everyone's trying to one up... Uh, Each other all the time. You know, and, and so it, <clears throat> it's, uh, I can only imagine, uh, you know, the lines you get that I'm not privy to, but, uh, you know, you seem to be, uh, fending them off, uh, as best you can. <laughs> now let's get it. Now the, uh, we have a lot of things in common. One of the things we don't have in common is, uh, I, many of you know, if you've ever seen me on stage, I have a love of leather goods and you are a hardcore vegan, right? Yeah. Now let's get into this. Cause oh God, uh, how long do you have? What got you into <laughs> veganism? <clears throat> Honestly, it's just that I love animals. I mean, I'm a, I love animals. Um, I always had a problem eating them when I was younger, like, and I didn't really understand why we were eating animals. Like, I was very aware that what, like, I didn't see it as like a hamburger. I saw it as a cow. Like, I was too aware of the fact that what was on those that bun was a cow. It was a living, breathing. Yeah, animal. and. When you're younger, like you don't always have control over what you eat. So I generally kind of ate what my parents told me to, though I did. I do think I like looking back and remembering like we did eat a lot of um, vegetarian food. Um, my mom used to cook a lot of pastas and salads and stuff like I always liked vegetables and stuff early on. Um, I was definitely a picky eater, but I found it's funny. I was, I've been a picky eater my entire life until I became vegan. And it's like, I was actually talking to somebody the other day. Like I kind of, I don't know. I had this weird, um, just like discovery. I was like, Oh wow. I don't know. Like, I feel like I found fr people think that I have such a restricted diet because I'm a vegan, but actually like I found so much freedom now being a, a vegan because it's like, now I know what it is that I like and what I don't like. Like it falls into a category. Like I always just had this weird, just, I always had this weird, like health conscious thing in me. Like when I was very young, so my, all, my friends thought I was fucking weird, like in high school and stuff. Like when I was bringing like wraps and things to school and they were eating like the, whatever 
the Burgers. fried chicken from the cafeteria and like mashed potatoes or whatever and and a pretzel for a snack and chocolate chip cookies for dessert and I was bringing in like wraps and carrot sticks and hummus I'd make my own hummus I used to make my own hummus the night before and then bring it to school and guess what everyone always wanted my food it was the best um but there's different kinds of veganism like there's yeah. hard, like there's I mean what well, there what isn't is really different kinds of vegan like there's different levels there's vegetarian vegan there's pescatarian um I'm vegan I don't eat any animal product um I don't so eat no eggs. milk I don't eat milk cheese yogurt that all falls into that um honey <sighs> like Anything that... Why couldn't you eat honey? Because it's made by an animal. That one's kind of a gray. In my mind, that's gray. Like a lot of people are like, no, you're taking it, you know, you're taking advantage of the bees. But bees make honey regardless. Um, but yeah, it's just any anything that yeah takes advantage of an animal. Because people think like, oh, well, you're not hurting the cow if you just drink its milk. It was like, have you been to a dairy farm? Have you seen the way they're treated? They're constantly... they're artificially inseminated over and over and over to keep them pregnant, keep them producing milk over and over and over. They take away their calves because there's just, so, there's so many levels I can talk to you for hours like this. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I don't abuse animals. <laughs> so like when you see me on stage wearing a pair of leather pants, yeah. it, it sickens you. I mean, no, I like, honestly, I can't, I have a hard time um, judging other people who, don't like I was once I own leather products from the past. Um, I don't buy leather anymore. Uh, but other people who wear leather, like I just look at people and I just think, well, they don't know. You I know? just try not to think about it. Ignorance is bliss, right? But that's yeah. the thing. Most of the pe most people I think actually really are oblivious. They don't, they don't know that the products that they're buying, how badly it, how it's affecting the animals and how it's affecting our planet. Cause that's the other thing. I mean, the dairy and meat industry is completely destroying this planet. It's crazy. It's really crazy how far but how the destruction it, goes. How is it destroying? Um, so there's this really, they, I'm going to blab about this and it's going to sound completely Please. incoherent. Uh, if you really want to know, there's, um, there's a documentary called Cowspiracy on Netflix. You should watch. There's another documentary called food Inc. Um, Veducated. Forks over knives. There's a couple really good ones that uh, explain the pros and cons and yada yada of veganism and vegetarianism for your health, the world, obviously the animals. Um, but uh, so short. I mean, the short version. Um, no, no, I want the long version. <laughs> uh, so the land that they clear. I mean, there's some like I don't remember the exact numbers, but like the amount of land they clear for livestock on a daily basis is disgusting. And a lot of it is, um, they are clearing a lot of, um, like forests and like even the freaking rainforest is getting clear. It's like insane how far it goes. The entire planet is just covered in fucking cow farms. Um, the, uh, the greenhouse gases, cows produce a lot of gas. A lot of gas. Especially in Modesto. Oh, that town stinks. Uh, yeah. And that is causing, that is part, like a huge contributor to global warming, which sounds crazy, but look, I mean, really look into it. Um, like when we had the drought, the amount of water it takes to produce, it's, I think it's equated to like one hamburger is the equivalent of taking six months worth of showers. That's how much water it takes and is used 
to produce that much meat. It's just absolutely, we're just, we're just abuse. I mean, we're just abusing resources at this point. Right. And also the grain, apparently, apparently, um, if you, if everyone went vegetarian, all the grain that goes to keeping the livestock going, uh, if you spread that, you could end world hunger. We have so much grain. And then there's other things like, um, so another thing here's on the healthy side, I'm just like spouting random facts, but like, so, uh, the grain, a lot of the grain that we're using is the, uh, um, the byproduct of like, it's corn. It's the byproduct, you know, corn Monsanto. <laughs> soy and corn is in everything because it's right. cheap and easy. And you can't eat soy, right? No, no, I can eat soy for sure. I mean, there's just a lot of soy that I avoid just for the sake of, well, you know, you're, it's not necessarily the best for you, especially if it's a GMO. There's a, a lot of soy is GMO, as we all know. That's not a good thing. Genetically modified, it's spliced with all sorts of pesticides and hormones and shit to make it grow faster that we necessarily and shouldn't necessarily be putting in our bodies. Um, but I'm trying, so to, like, I'm trying to organize my thoughts because I feel like I, I'm not. No, you're, but, this is definitely the most educational episode. Right. So, so, okay. So the byproduct of corn, like high fructose corn syrup isn't everything. Right. Okay. So the byproduct of that is cornmeal. So there's cornmeal and a lot of things, but uh, cornmeal is cheap and there is a lot of it. So they, they use this cornmeal to feed all the cows, the dairy for the dairy and meat. Uh, cows can't eat corn. They can't survive off corn. It kills them. They have seven stomachs because they are made to eat grass and digest grass and greenery. Corn is not that, especially cornmeal, the husk, and it's all the, you know, the leftovers. So they eat that because it's cheap and it, you know, whatever, it's keeping them full and fat and uh, they get sick. They can't digest it properly. They can't live off of it properly. So they start getting really sick. Well, that doesn't work. So instead of changing their food, because that would be far too complicated and far too expensive, we just pump them full of, full of hormones and full of um, antibiotics. And then that, those sick dying cows that are pumped full of hormones and antibiotics, that's where you're getting your milk. That's where you're getting when they're done, when they're, they're milked out and they slaughter them for meat. That's where you're getting your meat. It's not. Even even if I was okay with eating animals, you don't want to be eating those animals. Right. It's not good for you either. It's terrible. It's really like the whole industry is completely fucked. It's terrible. And I mean, I um, I I would all I would consider being I can't eat animals. And like I've hit this point. I mean, it's funny. I I even talked to Joe about this. Joe Rogan, the avid hunter and you know animal eater. But like we have conversations about this all the time. But I if I lived maybe in Europe or if I lived on my own farm, like he has his own chickens. He eats those eggs. Joe. Joe Rogan. Cause he's like Buffalo and, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I kind of almost like, he's the one person that when I talk to him about it, I, I almost am like, Oh, I don't know how to argue that. Like he's the one person that actually brings up valid points. Most people don't bring up valid points. Most like what people, are his, what, what are his? Well, just like he hunts his own meat. Um, and he should, you know, he doesn't put the animal through pain and suffering. And he like him and he says he and his family can like live off, you know, one elk for months like that. If, if okay, if you're willing to hunt and kill your own animal, then sh maybe maybe you can. Maybe you maybe you can eat meat. But no, no one is like generally most Americans 
Yeah. You think they'd go, go like anyone would be willing to go slaughter their own cow. If you can't go slaughter that animal, why on earth are you eating it? Or wearing it as leather pants or wearing it as leather pants are all come on. It's if people, um, Oh God. Uh, well, I just had a thought and it completely, completely, Oh yeah. So Paul McCartney very famously said, if slaughterhouses had glass walls, the world would be vegetarian. Oh, because of all the. If right. you saw what happens. I've seen, I can't watch those things. Yeah, you can't. So if you can't watch it, how can you eat it? See, I can't separate those two things. I am way too aware. I'm way too aware of what's going on. But most people turn a blind eye because they don't want to think about it. Me. I know. And most, I mean, you're not alone. A majority of people, there's, I, there's most, most people don't even put two thoughts into what they eat. They get hungry. They go to McDonald's. Well, it's like when that commercial for the uh, abused dogs come on <sighs> with that Sarah McLachlan song. Yeah. I have to turn the channel. Yeah. Like they show the. And those aren't always necessarily the best. You know, you got to find, you got to find local nonprofit animal shelters and animal conservation, well, you know. I saved to, to, uh, to support because some of the bigger companies are also pretty corrupt. They're they have a good all, message, but you got to be careful where you put your donations and money for sure. Well, I saved little Lois from the gas chamber. You did. So and little Lois is very, very, very thankful. I'm sure she's the greatest dog. She ever. is the greatest dog ever. I she, love Lois. She replaced another dog that I named after Mary Lynn Reich Cubs, mm -hmm. uh, character on 24, Chloe. But uh, that dog died in four months. But, oh, Chloe. Uh, you know, it was doomed. When you name a, a dog after a character on 24, they're probably not meant to uh, live a long life. <laughs> no, no. I think it always it's freaks Mary Lynn out when I tell her I named a dog after her. She's like... Really? But you guys are you guys are good friends, though, aren't you? We, we bonded once when uh, she needed a ride home. <laughs> and uh, she didn't know me, but Dave Taylor, the great Dave Taylor... The great uh, Dave Taylor vouched for me and said, Hey, this guy will give you a ride home. And, uh, like Josh Meyerowitz, who once asked me for a ride home, you, you know, when someone asked me for a ride home, I assume they live like where you live. I, obviously yeah. I won't say where, but like, you Nearby. know, a few minutes down the road. Yeah. So when I gave, uh, Meyerowitz, who's known as autistic thunder, he's the guy in roast battle who jumps up and down battle, 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 battle takes battle. his shirt off and it's the best. He, 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 you really couldn't Josh. do the show without him. And no, really, you can't. No, I'm. There are some crucial parts in that show, and you can't, you can't replace him. You know, I thought, how important is that to the show? And there was one show where he wasn't there, and it was and it one of the worst shows we've ever differently. had. And the way he introduces Moses, like, I think to me that's what sticks out in my mind so much when he goes, Brian, Mother. motherfucking Moses. It's like my favorite part. And it's he... my favorite part. I like it when he Occasionally gives... Occasionally he hasn't done it too. He's like changed it up recently. I'm like, no, wait, what are you doing? I feel like I actually have to tell him that. Well, I think he gets so nervous. It's yeah. very uh, it's very nervous energy in that room right it before is. the show. Because it's... It is. You know, the There's anticipation. On. You're all performing. There's so many different points yeah, I mean, of performance. Uh, it's a lot of... It's Like I said, it's a lot of a lot going on. A lot room. of a lot. That it, should be our slogan. It, I think we should trademark it before someone beats us to the punch. It's really, that's a good, there's a lot of a lot going on. Well, because if you, uh, now you're an audience member at Roast Battle, although you've recently made overtures <laughs> to roasting me. Uh, you know, I'm not a roaster. Uh, uh, yeah, you are. No, not really. I, I, uh, I, uh, I don't like being mean spirited. 
uh, I think I have to really, uh, I don't think, I mean, but I, that's the but thing you have about, to be, you but have, that's the thing about roast is like, no one takes it personally or seriously. Like it, it's almost, it's an art form. It is. And, uh, I mean, and if you're not, if you can't take it, don't freaking roast, you know? Right. But that's, I mean, that's my opinion. Well, I'm sensitive. So like I'm, uh, you know, if I'm roasting someone, I have to really respect them as a person and as a comic. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot of people who I would like to roast, but I don't want to put the time and energy into it because I don't like them. Well, there you go. That was a, that you're roasting them already. Well, they don't know who they are though. That's, the, <laughs> that's the great, like I had a joke about, uh, you know, Keith's, uh, as a personal, uh, you know, his mom's, uh, you know, uh, not doing well, uh, health wise. And, uh, you know, like you know, if I didn't like him so much and he didn't like me so much, I probably would have dropped a, a mom joke in there. Right. It's, but the the true roasters would have put the joke in. Absolutely. And I just, I don't have that, uh, you know, yeah. uh, viciousness. No. Unless I feel, uh, you know, burned out. But has you as an audience, what do you like about roast battle? Gosh, I think it's just the energy. And now like the long, it's funny. I don't get sick of it. Like the longer... I've been at the store, the more I love roast because the more I, you know, you, you, when you get to know everybody and you actually start getting to know the people who are battling. And obviously like, I know you, I mean, I know everybody in the wave half the time I know some, you know, the judges or if Jeff's there, I mean, it's so cool seeing your friends put something on that is just so electric. I mean, that room when it's good, it is so good. It's so good. And it's so easy to get into. I mean, when Boone gets up, I always want to get up and dance like me and Bianca. Like we always get up and we have to dance because it's, it's just, it's, it's so, I don't know. It's just so much fun. You can't not get involved. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like pro wrestling where even the fans are probably the most important part of the show because yeah. they don't react. Oh yeah. I mean, there's been those nights where like the audience is just dead and you think, what the fuck? Like, what's, what's going tough? on? I mean, but, and it, it, it's, it's, it's hard when the room is hard, but I mean, God, when it's good. Oh, I mean, uh, the last couple of weeks have been, I think there's an excitement around the show because it's on course. Comedy Central now, or will be. Will be, yeah. That then, so, uh, but let's get back to you, so. Oh, God. So what's in the future for Sophie, or reapply for the, or well, you might not have to reapply. Well, for the I might rights. not have to reapply, so I'm I'm looking into that, and then maybe using that money, the extra money that I have for the rights, because like half the money was for the rights, half was for the the theater. So maybe using that other half to extend the run, because what I was saying before, actually, I don't even think I finished that thought was, um, the theaters that I was looking into are a little bit more expensive, so maybe being able to have a slightly longer run. So, right. um. When it, when it, when the finances were f actually broken down in the end, I was aiming for like a four to six week run. It looked like I was only gonna be able to cover about two weeks. Um, but maybe now without the rights, I can, if I just do like donation based, right. you know, you don't charge for tickets, but you take donations maybe just to cover those little extra bits and bobs. But I'm not, I wasn't doing it. I was never doing it to make money. I was only maybe if I made a little bit of money, made a little bit of money, turn it over and do another another play could you sell like booze at the uh the, can, can you sell no alcohol? i think that that's just a, that's a theater thing i think that goes down it's like that goes to the theater like, yeah that would be that's at their discretion that's not really my territory um but yeah i could i could do a longer run i want to i mean i'd love to do because you rehearse for a play but 
things don't really start coming together until you, you put it in front of an audience. So you usually write those first two weeks off when you do a run of a show, like those first two weeks are technically still rehearsal because things start really clicking and really falling together. Once you've been on stage, you know, four, five, six, seven times, and then it starts getting good. Is it hard to rehearse a play with just two people? I mean, it, I mean, there always has to be somebody in the room. You can't just. No, I mean, I know. But like when it's just literally two actors, I mean, is it easier or if it's like I an think it's more intense for sure, but there it simplifies it in the way of far less cues to be dropped because there's not people entering and exiting and things like that. It's it's, you know, and it's always being able to work with that one person. Um it makes rehearsal times less hectic. Like, Oh, when can you meet? When can you meet? When can you meet? Oh, you can't do this day. Well, we can only do these days. You know, like there's that scheduling purposes. Right. <laughs> it's a lot easier with only two people, but um, yeah, so it'd just be, it would be me, the actor and, and then the director, maybe a, the producer as well in the room. And how do you pick a director for this? Um, somebody who knows the play, somebody who's, you know, who's got a little bit of directing in the boat. We have a director. Okay. You know, you know that, right? No. Do you know Andrew Thamelis? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't know that he approached me. I had a I had a director in mind, and it didn't work out. Um, and I was actually gonna find you know reach out to other directors that I knew slash try and get some um, you know recommendations from more theater directors because a lot of the directors that I've worked with here are more you know film. But Andrew Thamelis approached me at the store because he'd seen I never had met him before. I mean, this is obviously a year ago now, but um, I had met him. I hadn't met him yet, but he had seen through everybody's, you know, sharing and reposting of my, the campaign that I did. Um, he found me and he said, he's like, Oh, are you Sophie? And he's like, you know, I've seen your stuff for Venus on fur. It's like, I love that play. I've read it. However many, I mean, he had read it like great, like six or seven times. He's really versed in David Ives, the writer, um, had a lot of ideas about it right off the start. And I just was so surprised that someone approached me with so much that I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm really open to this. So he's like, well, let me send, you know, I had him send me some of the things that he's done and directed. He's done some short films and things like that. Um, and yeah, I was pretty, you know, I was impressed. I was like, hell yeah. Just, and you know what? It's not always what people have done. It's kind of like their excitement for a right. project. You know what I mean? Like seeing talking to him like he's so he's so he's as excited as I am and had nothing to do with it so I was like yeah cool I need that I need that passion I need someone who's that into it who has ideas and can you know so he's gonna he's gonna direct it well he was also the director of the great Willie Hunter talk show yes I heard that sure you know who knows what's going on with that well, I was uh, lucky and enough Willie's to be. Willie's doing very well. Willie's great, but I was a sidekick on the Willie Hunter show. I was yeah. Hoping, uh, you know, we might crank out a few more episodes, but hey, maybe you will. You never say never. Never in the say world never. Of comedy. Now, where can people find you on social media? Wee. And before you give out any uh, addresses uh, to your many social media sites, I will warn you. If any of you are inappropriate with her, she's she's taken uh, a lot of time to build her brand. Don't just be respectful because uh, <laughs> when the majority it's also of, a handy dandy block button, absolutely. So <laughs> you don't want to get blocked by uh, you know Sophie. Uh, so uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, go. Uh, so my Instagram, that's my favorite, uh, is at Sophie, S-O-P-H-I-E, Claire, C-L-A-R-E, 
Cooper, C-O-O-P-E-R. Uh, there's no I in the Claire. That's often made mis- mistaken. I would assume mistaken. there is. But. Yeah, no, there's no, not in mine. Um, it's a French way. Uh, my, shoot, what is my Twitter handle? I, th- I think it's the same thing. Isn't it? No, it's not. I think it's Sophie C. Cooper. It's, it's S-O-P-H-I-E-C-C-O-O-P-E-R. Sophie C. Cooper. I and then do you. Uh, um, I'm not so eager to share my Facebook. I don't really oh, do. Yeah. I don't do Facebook as a social thing. I do it as like only Friends. people I actually know. So I'm probably, if you add me on Facebook, I, if I literally don't know who you are, I'm, I'm not going to accept you. Yeah. Cause you got to keep some things. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, but yeah, uh, Twitter and Instagram. Totally. So follow Sophie. She's the best. Uh, and you can see her at the comedy store when you buy drinks from her. Yeah, please buy all the drinks and tip. Right. I see. Well, let's uh, end on this. Should we talk about tipping culture? Yeah. Well, yeah I, I mean, I see uh, you had, a, I think, a bill the other day, $46, a $2 Probably. tip. And it's like... Yeah. It happens once in a while. But let, let's get into... You know, we talk about uh, not eating a hamburger because a, a, a cow was <laughs> basically brutalized to make this yeah. burger or wearing leather pants. I'm, I'm going to try and cut back. You know, I can barely put on my goat suede uh, John Varvatos jacket. Oh, God. When I read that tag. Cause, it, oh, it feels so good, though. I got to be honest with you. But, but you were so convinced it was something. Else. I don't know what you thought <laughs> it was. And I was like, I looked at the tag and I was like, it says goat. I, it's goat. I, I really, to know that my goat suede jacket that I just adore, it was an animal. It does kind of bum me out. And it smells, man, that's the leather smell is just like. Whoa. Oh, it's the best. I know some people love it. it I find it so repulsive. But, you know, but again, it's yeah, it's like I can't I hate when you get a new car. Oh, I love leather, that smell. Ugh, yeah. So I don't I wouldn't buy a car. I mean, I don't have a car currently, but I, I see I would never get a car that had leather in it. But the tipping, you know, it's the same thing with tipping. You mm-hmm. you reap what you sow. Like mm-hmm. I was raised. My dad, I believe in tipping karma. The most amazing tipper ever. Like he would tip minimum 30 percent. Now, I'm not That's saying great. you have to do that, but uh I mean, if someone tips me 30%, I'm like, wow, like they must have loved me. <laughs> like, thank you. So, I mean, what, what is the, what should people tip on? Well, general, I mean, generally now the standard is 20%. Um, but it's just, yeah, 20, 20%, 18% is fine too. When you get like to 10 and below, it's kind of, it's kind of a slap, like it's kind of a slap in the face. Cause we do work hard. Um, I don't know. I can't talk. I can't speak for every server, but I do try to give very good customer service and I'm always very nice to my tables. I don't, you know, give people attitude or, um, if they ask me for something, I will absolutely do what I can to get it for them. You know, I'm not, I don't, uh, ignore my tables. Um, Hey, some people do. There are bad servers out there. Sure. I think I know a few at the comedy store. <laughs> you know, like there are absolutely bad servers. I won't but say like, names. But when your when your server is like working hard and you know giving you service, you should tip appropriately. Um, because well, like hourly, I mean everybody knows hourly the minimum. Well, minimum now it's going to be fifteen bucks. I I mean I hope that happens soon. It just happened to be it's, now it's ten. Right. But the thing is, is like. I mean, everybody knows this because we're all struggling. I'm not, you can't, I can't just talk like waiters are the only ones struggling. Like we're all struggling. Um, cause, because minimum wage isn't really enough to cover. It's not really, it's not actually livable. <laughs> so tip, I live off of my tips. 
Yeah, um, it's just good karma. And it is, it is good karma. Yeah, it absolutely is good karma. Um, but yeah, 20, 20 percent's the standard. If you need help with that, you double the first number. You don't double the, you don't tip on the tax, right? You don't, you don't tip on the tax. No, but we don't, I mean, ours, we don't, the tax isn't either. Or maybe it's already included in the, I'm not sure how that works actually tax wise. Um, say your bill is $25. You would double the two. That makes it four because it's a five. I would add an extra dollar. So a $5 tip would be appropriate now on a $25 bill I would tip seven to eight bucks but that's like so would I but, but I'm a server and you're very generous not everyone's like that but I would say here's the other thing if you can afford this is what I always say because people are like oh well I, I don't have enough money I'm like well if you can afford to go to a show and buy alcohol you can afford to tip yeah if you're going to you know uh, a, a nightclub to see a show or you know that's, you know, if you can afford the, the tickets to the show, yeah. the, the park. Don't then slack on the server. Because yeah, it's not her fault. No. So that's that's something that bothers me. Like, I always know it. They're like, you can see sometimes when people like, like if they're really young, they're, they're probably a student or something like that. And they're not being stupid. They're actually, you know, trying to save their money. They'll be like, hey, like, can I just get a Coke or a water right. or whatever? Then I'm like, okay, like, give me a dollar. I'm not going to be angry at them. Do you know what I mean? But, but generally if you have a, if you've got an $80 tab, don't leave me $5 because you were able to drink $80 worth of alcohol. Come on. Now, $80 tab. Let me, I want to know if I'm a good tipper. Let me say $80. I would tip 15. Yeah. 15, 16. It's not like the greatest amount, but it's, it's not. Yeah. So there you go, guys. Tipping karma. <laughs> don't be so cheap. Yeah, don't be so cheap. Because it's only going to bite you in the butt later. Yeah, because maybe one day. But I will say, the other night I went to Cafe 101 and the waitress was kind of a, it's a word that rhymes with there. bunt. Uh, and it's like, don't get mad at me. You know, I didn't choose your career path. Yeah. You know. and No, but, not everybody wants to be a server, but also it is, it's a job. Oh, I get you gotta it. You got to no. go in there and you got to leave your shit at the door and and do your job. Now, one last thing in regards to uh, waitressing at, at a comedy club. Mm-hmm. I, I know for a comic, the worst spot in the lineup is the check drop <laughs> because is there a... It's hard, though, because often that's right. the headliner spot. Right. Uh, like, I know... Uh, but they can they can handle it. I know one particular comic in the belly room who does, like, you oh, know, God. a 45-minute spot mm-hmm. on a bringer show, gets mad at you girls for doing a check drop... During his headlining set, but it's like, well, if it's going to be the last 45 minutes, then yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, I absolutely have to drop the checks at some point during your set because it's the last 45 minutes. I can't wait till the end of the show to drop the text checks. Cause then all of the customers are pissed. They're like, well, the show's over. I want to go. And they're all waiting on their checks. You can't do that. Uh, yeah. So, um, cause then that'll affect my tip, but generally I say, I'll do my job. You do yours. Right, so yeah. comics out there complaining <laughs> about the check drop from Sophie if, Cooper. If my check drop is really affecting your set, you, you got some other things to worry about. Attention LA Comics. Uh, Sophie just said it. If the check drop is making you bomb, it's probably not Sophie's fault. You shouldn't be distracted. Hey, it's right. the same for actors on stage. If someone's coughing in the audience, you shouldn't even notice. If you're in it, you're in it. Right, you're in that zone. Yeah. Well. Sophie, I hope to have you back. Now, is it too late for people to donate? Uh, it is too late because um, it's it's like way over. But if uh, if we find a new theater and um, get if it really starts going again, 
which it, I mean, it will, but when it does, um, I, there's a possibility of a second fundraising campaign just to, right. uh, we'll see. I don't know. If I got I, it. You know what I mean? I do. Well, listen, Sophie, I'll let you all know then I'll have you, I'll have you tweet about it, Earl. Oh, I will tweet about it. Cause life is about supporting your friends, yeah. uh, creative endeavors. You're at roast battle a lot watching me yell out my <laughs> diatribe and, uh, wacky lines. And, uh, hopefully we'll all be in Montreal this summer. Yes. Uh, so if you for you uh, Canadian listeners, uh, roast battle will be at the Montreal Comedy Festival. Yes, uh, I will be there. I'm going to make sure of it. Well, you should just go for Sophie being there. My <laughs> my role is uh, undetermined as of writing, but uh, I think I'll be there. So uh, inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, you know, R.I.P. You know, not only did Prince die today, and it's, he was the le- he is a legend. Absolutely, I mean, just uh, an amazing. Even if you don't like Prince, that guy was amazing. Amazing. Uh, I mean, if you don't like that style of music, uh, it, it's like, you know, when Merle Haggard died two weeks ago. I'm not a country western guy, but he's a legend. And uh, it's been a rough couple of weeks because yesterday, and she just picked the wrong day to die. Uh, the pro wrestler China, mm-hmm. who was at the comedy store a few times. Yeah. She was a very cool person. In the photos, yeah. I met her up there. She, her real name Joni Lore. Uh, she's, uh, you know, if you're gonna pick a day to die, it, right before Prince is probably not the best because uh, pick a her obituary probably got pushed back to the classifieds. So, uh, oh, I hope. Uh, China's resting in peace. Prince is now together again with Vanity, and uh, making some sweet music with Bowie. Well, yeah, absolutely, with David Bowie. Uh, I mean, well, it's, it's you know, it's been a, 2016 has been a rough year for uh, musical legends. Oh, it's the worst, especially like you know, especially my age. You know, when you're in your 40s, you know that the people you grew up listening to are in their 60s and 70s and 80s. Uh, they're going to start dying pretty soon. Like, you know, yeah. Keith Richards, how he is alive. He is like, um, like, you know, your favorite artists are like my age and maybe in the early 50s. So they're not. No, I'm I'm I mean, one of mine is gone now. But you were affected by Bowie. Oh, dying. hugely so. And, yeah, uh, I absolutely adore David Bowie. I know. Well, he was. uh I don't know what I'm going to do when like Keith Richards, Mick Jagger, Paul McCartney. I just, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot left. We have a lot to be. Oh, absolutely. It's starting to make me nervous. I mean, well, listen, I'm an eighties metal guy and those guys drop off uh, pretty, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, when you do cocaine and drink, you know, as much as those guys do, it's, uh, it's not pretty. By the way, uh, Guns N' Roses playing in a city near you. Uh, it's not the Guns N' Roses I grew up with. The Slash is a pacemaker. Uh, Duff is sober. Axel's sitting on a throne because he broke his ankle. Uh, it's not Guns N' Roses to me, but uh, have at it. Hey. Pay, pay those ticket prices if you want, and they're I'll see still, you. They're still doing what they do. Listen, I, I would hate it if someone told me, Earl, you can't do comedy anymore because you don't look like you do in your 20s anymore. <laughs> Uh, well, that's true too. So, uh, guys, inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Follow Sophie Cooper on Twitter and Instagram. Do not uh, contact her via Facebook, <laughs> or you will see a block in your future. Guys, I love you all. Thanks for the support. Tweet at Gene Simmons to get him on inappropriate Earl. Yes. For all the fucking I'm kiss products I bought, Gene, uh, come on my couch come on, for an, Gene. an hour. 